Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is. You know, Gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Of course, the conditions now that he has to play the shot test anyone. It's a great story. Good afternoon. Welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club, episode 53. This is your co-host, Johnny Stew. Joined with me, as always, is El Capitan, Connor Hendrickson, a.k.a. Lefty Sauce. Coming to you from High Cotton headquarters, the Casa de Hendrickson. Connor, a lot's going on in the High Cotton Club right now. The hunt's approaching. Round one of the classics winding down. Second round matches are being scheduled. Stanconia's coming up. It's looking like an exciting couple weeks coming up for the High Cotton Club. How are we doing today? Uh, better than I deserve. Um, I'll be even better next week when I know I've said it for the past couple weeks, but when we're back to two microphones. Um, but thank you to everybody for your patience and understanding as we work through these technological uh, delays and difficulties. But as Stu said, a lot going on in the High Cotton Club, and we can't wait to talk about it. Starting with the hunt, you know, it's turkey season here in Tennessee, and so it's time for the hunt at Toby Club. Uh, we'll be headed down there this Saturday for um, a repeat event from last year. We're going to be uh, duplicating or replicating the same format that we had last year where we'll be having um, each game or each group, each tee time, play a game of wolf within their own tee time, and then the winner of that game will qualify for the showdown, which we'll talk about later. But to change things up a little bit this year, we're also adding a quota game between the low caps and the high caps. Um, we're going to be, you know, flighting it that way. And the winner of each of those flights will also qualify for the showdown or keep somebody out of the showdown. Yeah, it's going to make for a fun, a fun day. Uh, hopefully we don't get too much rain uh, tonight to soak up the golf course. But Towie's always a, a, a fun side. It's a high cotton favorite. They're always great hosts to us. So I, I know I always look forward to going back there and I always look forward to playing Wolf. No matter how much rain we get overnight, we have a good forecast for tomorrow. And the thing that I'm most looking forward to about Toey is actually the new food and bev. I can't wait to check out this food that they're going to have ready for us. Um, I got the fried chicken sandwich with some fries, of course. Um, something that I was surprised to see from a couple guys, you included, is getting the fried chicken sandwich or a burger with a side salad right before we go play golf. Yeah. I'm not a huge – like, I'd rather like, keep it light before I go play. If it was after the round – That's yeah, fair. Give me, a, give me a big old bowl of french fries. That's fair. Totally fair. Like, I don't I don't want all the natty lights sitting on top of the french fries. Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll end up, you know, taking a couple bites of the sandwich, eating mostly fries, and that's how I keep it light. So, uh, I feel you there. Um, but 
as we said, each group will be playing a game of Wolf within their own tee time. And so we have tee times flighted by handicap with one exception. Um, Beastu is bringing a buddy from out of town to get involved. So Beastu is going to be fending off all the strokes in the world from the high cappers. Um, should be fun to see that. Um, but first tee time, 1210 at Toby Club. Jordan Miller, um, Thomas Salter, Walt Draper, Ben Johnson. Um, these guys all in between the seven to nine range in this event. And so it should be exciting to see how these guys play. Uh, in the 1220, Alex Kreider, myself, getting to play together again after our first round match in the High Cotton Classic up at Park Mammoth. And then Paul MacArthur and Adam Dole, um, everybody between a four and a six in that group. And then your tee time, Stu, 1230, D-Ball, you, Beers, and Josh Hollingsworth. Josh Hollingsworth, the low man in that group, is a zero. You and Beers, the high men, at three, and then D-Ball at a two. Okay, so even though we're sort of quote unquote flighting by tee time, strokes are still going to be there. Strokes are still there. Yeah. So that's why we tried to flight by by uh, handicap. That way, it would minimize the amount of strokes out there in each match. Like Beast Dudes is going to have to f- uh, fend off here in this final tee time. At 12:40, it's West Stamey. Um, he'll be playing as a 10. Sam Hyatt playing as a 15. Andrew Bratton playing as a 12, and then Beast Dude playing as a five. Nice. That's. I don't know how how accustomed Beastu is to giving up, you know, that many shots, but that that'll be an experience right there. He'll have those cards will be dotted up. But you know, because it's Wolf, as long as he plays yeah. it smart, he could, you know, he could use those There's strokes a lot to his of benefit. To Wolf. There is a strategy that I have not mastered in the past, and so I'm going into tomorrow with a clean slate, uh, new new tactics. And um, I, I'm not going to call Solo Wolf a single time. I, I don't think I can do that. It, to me, it doesn't ever pan out. Uh, Unless you just stuff it, it's... Yeah, and this uh, this kind of goes back to last year, and, and Beers was kind of talking crap about it in the Discord, about how he whooped me at, at Wolf last year at this same event. But he, he didn't whoop me. He just beat me at Wolf. I actually shot a lower score than he did when we were the same handicap. But somehow he still beat me in Wolf, and it was because I went Lone Wolf a few times and didn't come through. Exactly. And Beers just picked the right guy every time. Exactly. So um, it should be fun to see how things get mixed up. The way that we'll do that is just within every tee time, once everybody goes into live scoring, you just go to set up a challenge, challenge the guys in your tee time, and Unknown will take care of the rest. So it should be a whole lot of fun to see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last year on the first tee, I think I went Lone Wolf, and I – dunk my second one into the creek (laughs) yeah that first hole is the one that i'm honestly like the most apprehensive about i don't know i still don't know what to do off that first hole because i tried to like 75 percent driver off the deck last year and had like 200 yards into the hole do we know are we just doing our own like hot cotton teas kind of a mix um, no, we'll we'll pick a tee out there tomorrow. I'm, I've been waiting to pick a tee based on the weather conditions, so we'll wait until we actually get out there tomorrow and see how wet it is to actually determine a tee. Yeah, it's been several months since I've been out there, but I feel like typically we play that one up. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be two up there, right? Yeah, it might be, and it's it's like a hybrid, like a 240 club like off the tee kind of stay safe and still have a wedge in on that first hole but I think the last time we were there it was a little soggy too and it was and that's a that's a tough 
first shot into a green when it's a little soggy underneath it and there's a creek right in front of the green. No doubt about it. And so we'll also have three close-to-the-pin contests out there tomorrow. Um, going to be interesting to see and surprise everybody which, which, with which par threes it's going to be. Yeah, if you've never played Towie, it's got six par threes. It's an interesting concept, um, but they're all good par threes, I feel like. Uh, you still get two par fives, and pretty much they make you shake the ball both ways on a lot of them. A lot of them are dog, pretty hard dog legs each way. So. Excuse me, we're going to have four close to the pins tomorrow. I don't know why I said three. Uh, I was, must have been thinking about something else in my subconscious, but four. So two par threes will get left out. Um, but like you said, they're all pretty good par threes, and so um, we'll figure that out kind of, you know, again, based on the weather conditions, see – See if something makes sense, more sense or less sense. Yeah, you'll pretty much hit everything between a pitching wedge and a four iron on, on those par threes. If you count all six of them, I mean, you, you use in anything and everything in between. So, the hunt, again, going to be a great time. Thank you to everybody who has uh, gotten involved in that. Not our biggest event. We, we kind of surged there with signups for a while, and we kind of, you know, came back down to earth. But still, we're going to have a great time. It's awesome to get back to Toei um, and very excited for that. But the High Cotton Classic, as you mentioned in the intro, is just ripping and roaring. Um, a lot going on. Down in Alabama today, we have two matches today, Friday. Two matches going on. Uh, Justin Meese and um, Jay Mims are going at it at the RTJ Oxmoor Valley Ridge Course. You say that full name, Robert Trent Jones Trail, Oxmoor Valley, Ridge course. That's a full name for a golf course. Um, and then old Evan Daly and Joe M. San are getting a little, you know, pre-Stankonia action going on at the fields um, in LaGrange, Georgia. So I think that's our first match or event that has taken place in the state of Georgia. So making history today in the High Cotton Club. Yeah, and I'm anxious to see what they say about that course. Of course, I've never been there, but we're going down next weekend to play it. So I've, I've heard it's a it's a pretty, pretty nice golf course. Pretty tough one, is what I hear. Yeah, um, looking at the handicaps, it seems like it would be tough because handicaps went up when I put it into unknown. Um, you know, Evan, who should have been like a six probably in the classics, playing as a as a ten today. Um, so, I think that sets up well for us, though. I mean, how many of our guys are used to a really tough golf course versus? I don't know what they have in Atlanta or in Georgia, but, I mean, all I know is we coming. We coming. Yeah, I can't imagine it being any tougher than, you know, say like a Foxland or Old Hickory or Legacy. You know, I, I, can't, I can't imagine it being any tougher than those. I, yeah. I really don't know what to expect. I know a bunch of people have, like, looked into the hype online and stuff like that. Um, I have not personally. And so, yeah, interested to, to check it out and um, – yeah, very excited to get down there next week for the Stankonian. We can kind of touch on that again at the end of the pod, but um, we're going to get into the Tennessee bracket first. A few matches that have gone final, and we'll run down kind of the whole leaderboard in case you didn't catch last week's pod. Um, but first up, Spencer Carney and Devin Frederick played at Harpeth Hills. And um, is that Franklin technically? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess you would call it that. Um, I think I've only played that place one time. Kind of Brentwood area, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I've only played it a couple times, and I'm not a huge fan. But 
Uh, Spencer, in his High Cotton Classic debut, went out and asserted his dominance. He was playing as the zero in that match, giving eight to Devin, and wins five and four. So congratulations to Spencer. Um, Jordan Gooch and Thomas Salter, they had a heck of a match out at Pine Creek. Really, really fun match to follow. Um, Thomas playing as the zero. We talked about the Sabre metrics that he came up with for the High Cotton Classic last week with whoever drew first blood ended up winning the match most of the time, and so you kind of upset that trend. Well, he was trying to get that trend back on track, but Jordan Gooch um, stroked early, stroked often, and took care of business winning two and one. Yeah, both of them were pretty much going back and forth most of the day. I was trying to, I was paying a lot of attention to it uh, because it's it, that's the other two in my bracket. So I'll, um, I, I play Saltner next. So me and him will, will get together and uh, try and get our second round matches uh, scheduled for hopefully next week or the week after. But uh, yeah, that that match was going back and forth, and and neither one of them really had a firm hold on it. It was a good, it was a good one to follow. And we talked about uh, the Mike Hartwell beating Tanner in a one-up in the playoff at the Hermitage. Edward Buchanan, I don't believe we had been able to touch on this one yet, played Wes Stamey, went out there, and Wes said it himself. He ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, Ed shoots, I think, net one over for the day up at Park Mammoth. Um, like you were watching the Gooch and Salter match, I was watching this match because these are the two guys left in my pod. Got to play Ed next. Um, both of us, you know, shot net one over at Park Mammoth. We're not going to Park Mammoth. Uh, we, we're going to the Legacy, and it should be a, a great battle out there. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, this is uh, something we put into play, I think, in the second classic that I assume is a still a standing rule is that you are only allowed to play one golf course three times throughout your classic. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, – I think I was talking with Lane – he wasn't aware of that, so I wanted to make sure everybody was aware that uh, when you're scheduling your matches, you're only allowed to play that golf course three times. Something to consider, especially after this second match, if you are in position to advance, because while everybody still has a chance right now, you know, as the first round is winding down, some guys are going to get mathematically eliminated during round two. It's just going to happen. And so for the guys who are still in it, who aren't mathematically eliminated, not only do you have to go take care of business in the third round, but it's time to start to consider, you know, you could have up to three more matches after this round to where, you know, those uh, limitations can can creep up on you quickly. You know, it's easy to schedule a second match somewhere, and then you realize you only have one match left there, and, you know, when do you pull that out? Yeah, you have to keep it in the back of your mind. Uh, I know my second match, I'd probably, I'd rather wait and, you know, not play Park Mammoth again. Salter and I haven't discussed anything, but you know, if you if you have those long term plans of staying in it, you know, if you're in it for the long haul, you have your your golf courses that you know that you know you feel comfortable at or, or that are going to be good sites for for those final matches, and you want to kind of keep you know keep one or two of them in your back pocket toward you know for the end. Yeah, we came down to either Legacy or Bluegrass. Ed gave me the choice, and um, I've said it on the pod. I'll say it again. It's always going to be a matter of convenience for me. Being able to get home, take care of the horses, do what I need to do there. Um, I'll pick the legacy if that's an option. 
10 out of 10 times. So I appreciate Ed being accommodating there. Um, Ed hooking up the High Cotton Club and appreciate his support very much. Got that sweet new Vessel bag. Shout out Vessel, no free shout outs. Um, hooking it up for the High Cotton Club right now. He and Alex both got sick new bags and Dilly D with a new bag on the way that is, uh, it's going to blow some people away. Yeah, I played with Dylan yesterday, and he the first thing he did was check out this bag I'm about to order. Yeah. And you never can tell with him, but it was, uh, was it, uh, you know, Navy with the high cotton emblems on it? And yeah, so it's it's the Navy vessel bag with, um, if people know the Hitter Blanco logo that I'm talking about, we kind of straightened that out in a straight line, put established 2020, 2021 underneath that um, on the big pocket on the side. And then on his ball pocket, we have the brand with the same color scheme and a Dilly D OG member. <laughs> of course, he had to personalize it somehow. Oh, he, he did everything to personalize it. Um, so, no, it's going to be a very cool bag. And we also, you know, not to get too far off track, we ordered the jackpot bag, which I'm, I could not be more excited about. That's going to be something awesome coming from McKenzie, and uh, I can't wait to battle with that thing. And um, what, depending on when it comes in, Obviously, I would love for it to be here for the extinction. I think that would be a great time to debut it. And, uh, yeah, we'll just speak that into existence. That'll be here by then. And will that be the bag that goes to the jackpot champion? So that's the bag that will rotate uh, between people who win jackpots. That's just going to continue to be a traveling bag over the next year. And then depending on how many members we get paid next year, if we get enough paid members to order another bag next year, then next year's champion will be able to take that bag as their tr trophy. Yeah, I know. You sent me pictures of it the other day. It, it looks sick. I've never owned a McKenzie. I know that you've got one. That's the, that's the only one I've actually been up close and personal with. They, they look like great bags. Just the longevity and durability that I get from that thing, you would think that it, it wouldn't kind of have that characteristic, but it's – it's more reliable, more consistent than any like traditional bag that I've had. And yeah, I absolutely love it and can't wait for guys to, to get a hold of that. All right, continuing with the running down the leaderboard, you beat Beastu through 20 holes up at Park Mammoth. That was so much fun to watch again. Great matches between you guys. And then um, Lane Roggensock beat Appleton through 19 on that same day. Brian Turley played Chris Hawks. Have we talked about this match yet? I don't think so. Um, so Brian Turley playing as the zero as a scratch. Chris Hawks, a four, playing as a four. And this match was, you know, at the beginning, you were there. But at the beginning, it seemed like it was going to be a pillow fight all day long. Why don't you talk us through it? Yeah, conditions were tough. So I know the, the scores will show, you know, I think they both shot around like net 80, 79, 80, somewhere in there. Uh, but conditions were tough that day. The wind was howling. You know how the wind can get at Legacy. And the place is pretty firm right now. So they played better golf than what the scores will show. It was just playing really difficult that day. Which can happen quickly at the Legacy. So fair. Totally fair. But, yeah, Turley, um, you know, kind of does what Turley does. He's, he's pretty solid. He'll, he'll hit a few squirrely shots every now and again. But he's really solid around the greens. And he's a really solid putter. And Hawks held in there really well. And it was going to come down to the end. I think Turley ended up putting him out on 16. Yeah, it was all square through nine. Yeah. And I want to say that on 16, when it ended up when it ended up ending, I think Hawks hit it left. Mm -hmm. 
116. He made a six. Yeah, I think he hit it left into the creek, if I remember correctly, and that's where that's where he Turley was able to. 16 is such a pivotal hole match play. Um, I mean, really, 15 and 16 can make or break any match at the Legacy. Um, I mean, you could you could stretch it all the way back to like starting with 11, but the the back nine really sets up so well for match play at the Legacy. Yeah, and 15 and 16, they don't rank very high on the handicap list as far as the par, but they are really good short risk-reward par fours. Yes. Like yesterday we were playing, and of course it's hard and fast out there, so you like I could get it, I could get it from the white tees, I could get it to both of them, and I was playing against a buddy of mine who hits it about the same as I do. I hit it, cut it, went towards the green, I was just off the front fringe, he hit it, Turned it over just a hair, and it was in the hazard on 15. When we go to 16, I drove it with a three wood, and he hit. He chose to hit driver, and it went over the green through the back. So like, they're both really good risk reward. Like if you pull the shot off, then it you're rewarded with it. And that just speaks to why it's such a great venue for the showdown, our regional qualifying event to end the season. And so we'll get there in a minute, but love that breakdown of the legacy. And over the next couple of months, I can't wait to, to continue to get that from the man himself. Uh, very few people have played the legacy more than you have. So, Yeah, and, and people always ask me about, you know, what's your favorite part about the layout of the golf course? And if you compare it to other places, Honestly, I think it has the best accumulation of short, hard par fours. Short to difficult par fours. I think that's fair. I mean, you think about number two, if you can walk away from there with a par, you've done a really, really good job, but there's not one specific shot about that hole that's especially difficult. Yeah, and four is the same way. Four, like say if you're playing the white tees, you can hit driver and take the bunkers out of play, but mm -hmm. there's out of bounds right and left. Mm-hmm. But if you lay back, you bring both the bunkers into play, mm -hmm. and the bunkers are not – that's not where you want to come in from. So and either way, then you have to hit a shot into a difficult hole location most of the time. And Would you rather have a wedge over a bunker or a full iron? And, yeah, so there's all sorts of decisions to make out there and um, places to get in trouble. And so um, a great a great place for match play, a great place for our season-ending event, and we'll dive into in a little bit. But um, we talked about it last week, Sergio – Knocked off Adam Dahl at his home golf course, five and four. Um, Beers knocked off Kyle Stetson, three and one. Um, again, we talked about my match with Alex Kreider, five and four. Dylan knocking off Austin Gervais, three and two. And that only leaves a couple matches after uh, we talked about JT knocking off Andrew Joyce, four and three. Scott Fancher, this is a match that we hadn't talked about. Ricky's first match um, in this pod with Tanner and Mike Hartwell. Um, they played this at um, Eastland Green. Yeah, that's right. And um, no, not East. Yeah, Eastland Green. Yeah. Um, and so Ricky playing as the four had to give Scott a five one shot, and Scott, his home golf course, took control and won five and four. Ricky frustrated with, you know, not playing the golf course before. Um, Scott, there were some tees where he took out. Less than driver, and Ricky continued with driver and, and lost his ball in some sort of hazard, you know, hitting fairway and bouncing into the wrong place. And so, uh, local knowledge, huge impact on this one. Yeah, and I've, I've played Eastland a few times, and it's, it is a golf course you need to know where to hit it, especially, you know, what club to hit it because it just winds through trees pretty much every hole. 
kind of bends a little bit, pretty, and then they'll run out in the trees. So I, I can see where picking the right club off the tee would played a big impact in, in that match. So um, Walt and Tyler Hill, they're going to be playing at Pine Creek. Tyler, the zero in that match as a plus one. Uh, Walt is a seven getting eight. I like Walt getting eight, but Tyler's a heck of a player. At Pine Creek, he could go silly, silly low. Yeah, and I have – I'm trying to think if I've ever played with, with Tyler. I know I've played with, in groups and stuff with him. I don't think I've ever played in a group with him to be able to tell you, like, what kind of plus one he is. But from everything I've heard, he's a stud. Yeah, he's a stud. He's going to hit the ball long straight yeah. and have shots that some of us just don't have. But I'm like you. I like Walt getting eight. Walt getting eight could be tough. Um, all right. Clay Doty and Jack Bergstrom, 11 o'clock at Park Mammoth on Sunday. A bunch of us are going to be headed up there. I'll be in that group watching. Um, should be very exciting to see those guys. Jack as a plus one, going to be at a zero. So Clay as a nine, getting 10. Yeah, and that's a that's going to be tough giving Doty 10 out there because, you know, typically, I mean, typically Doty sprays it a little bit, right? Yes. He did just come off, I think yesterday, the day before, he said he shot like 100. Oh, that's, that's confidence is riding high. <laughs> trend, if we're talking about trending, trending is tough. But I, I really do. I, I mean, ever since last season, um, especially the siege at Sweetens, I, I talked to Clay. He has all the potential in the world. Like He has everything that he needs to be a good golfer. He's just got to piece it together. And so I have all the faith in the world that he can come out and he can break 80 on this golf course and make Jack go shoot a, a silly number. I also realize there's a possibility Clay could come out and just suck. <laughs> like, I love you, Clay, but, like, yeah, you you would say yourself, yeah, there, there's a chance. I don't, I don't see it at Park Mammoth. I feel like Park Mammoth allows you to get away with a lot. So I can see him hanging in there with, the, with him. I've never played with Jack either. So no. Anytime you're playing as a plus one, it's hard. Clay did it's say hard. that Jack mentioned six-pack per nine. If they do that, advantage Clay. Jack coming out of collegiate golf, how many times has he, you know, just gotten loose on the course? Um, but Clay said, and I hope this is okay to share, that Jack, you know, he wants to get involved because he's played competitive golf for so long where he cares every single time that he tees it in the ground what he shoots and what his score is that he's just looking forward to getting out there with the boys and having a time. So the classic, maybe not the best time for that, but having seven, eight guys, however many guys that we end up having out there at Park Mammoth, everybody will be having a good time. We'll be replanting the honey hole. And so, yeah, it's going to be a great time up at Park Mammoth. If he wants to do six-pack for nine, then I probably need to play in y'all's group and I'll ride with him. Yeah, that's probably – We'll vibe our faces off. Probably a good call. Plus, he's my horse. I bought him, so. You're not wrong. Uh, Final match in the first round of the Tennessee bracket – Logan Doris and James Pierce. James as a three, uh, two uh, will be the zero in this match, and then Logan as a five will be a three. Logan with this hernia, it's doing everything that he has needed to do with his golf game by just dialing it back 15 20% and swinging consistent, smooth, staying balanced, and it sounds like he's playing some just rock-solid golf. Yeah, it's, it's almost laughable. Uh, I've played with him a couple of times since he's done it when he's come out and you know hit some shots and and if you've ever played with Logan he swings probably what 120 miles an hour typically yeah and it's so funny watching him swing 
he's still probably swinging 100, 105, but it just looks like he's swinging so slow. And he's scoring better. Yeah. He's scoring better. It's amazing. Um, I mean, more power to him. More power to him. It's it's pretty incredible to see. Um, so diving into the Alabama bracket, we talked about some of these, but um, we'll go over a couple of these that we haven't. Again, D-Ball got it done at Shoal Creek against Michael Wolf, 2-1. and one. Um, Brandon Williams took control at uh, Pine Tree and won five and three against Chan with the round of the first edition or the first round of the High Cotton Classic so far in either Tennessee or Alabama. Um, I believe he shot like what net gross one under par or something like that. Um, just a heck heck of a round. Um, Will Robinson eight and seven over Will Chumley. Will Chumley a three playing as a zero. So Will as a four a seven playing as a four and. Will is one of the hottest players in the High Cotton Club right now. Coming off of his performance at the Mother Clucker, he's been hot in jackpots and brought that to the High Cotton Classic. That Will, he's so hot right now. Hey, man. I mean. He's so hot right now. But that is. Uh, I just hope this carries to the Stankonia. I want to see it keep going. I know. I want to see this in person. Yeah. And we're checking the record books. We do believe that this is at best or at worst it's a tie for the biggest margin of victory but i think we think it may be the record it may be yeah we need to go back and actually check the record books um there's some conversation we know that there's been seven and sixes Mm -hmm. we believe that there's been an eight and seven um but i do not 100 percent recall and i hate to say i hate to speak out of my ass when i believe it might have been me I think it was you, and to be honest, I think Sam Roten beat someone at Park Mammoth 8-7. and seven. That would make sense. Yeah, so it would also be poetic justice if we shared that record. I can't remember who it was, but um, we were actually talking about it the other day when uh, Roten played with me and Dylan and Logan, and he said that he he said that he, he thinks it was 8-7, and seven, that he beat somebody at Park Mammoth in one of the classics. We have some record books, so we'll go back through and check that out. But either way, great playing by Will. Um, quite an introduction to the High Cotton Club for Mr. Chumley. But, um, you know, still got some matches left. Still plenty of opportunity to advance out of his pod. Um, Brand Thaggard made actually quite a comeback. Very, very competitive match with Matt Britton at Limestone Springs. Um, Brand was giving up 17 strokes. So Matt stroked on almost every hole, and it took Brand to the very end to come out 2-1. Yeah, and it's it's so hard when you're giving up that many shots too to keep yourself like keep your mind right. Yep. Especially on the, there's probably some holes that he may have been was he given two on any of them? What mm-hmm. was his handicap? He was a three as a zero, and so if he, we didn't will, he would have. But Matt came down to a seventeen. Okay. But still, that's a lot of shots, and it it takes a lot of mental toughness to keep your head straight. Especially strokes on par threes. Yeah. Strokes on par threes are huge. Um, Josh Hollingsworth, I believe we touched on this last week. If not, um, with five and four, uh, plus one playing as a zero, and Justin Jeffries as a five playing as a six. Um, this uh, went through 15, five and four, Josh Hollingsworth. Yeah, and if if not for Will, Josh would probably be the hottest player right now in the club. Totally agree. Those, those two guys are neck and neck. Um, when we start talking about player of the year for the, the Roosties, those two names are probably top of the list right now. I think they're leaders right now, leaders in the clubhouse right now. Um, so Evan Daly and Joseph M. Sand, we talked about it earlier. They're getting after it today 
at the Fields Golf Club in LaGrange, Georgia, and then Justin Meese and Jay Mims getting after it at 210 at the RTJ Oxmoor Valley Ridge Course, presented by Her Majesty the Queen. Yeah, and uh, we got some unfortunate news. Uh, Bandy had a uh, WD due to injury, shoulder injury. Yeah, gave me a call last week, I guess it was, said he had to drop out of the hunt. Um, and then just he's been worried about the shoulder. He's trying to get MRIs and everything he can do uh, to get it checked on and make sure that he's okay and just, just can't power through right now. Respect him for still, you know, wanting to stay involved, trying to get, you know, what he can done. Um, but totally understand and respect the decision to not be able to play this match. And so um, awaiting on a decision from the committee to – exactly how we're going to allocate the points. I'm not sure if Mace will get, you know, all potential three and a half, if he'll only get three, but he will get the win in this match. Yeah, you've, you hate to see that. Hopefully, you know, shoulder will continue to get better and he'll at least be able, be able to get in his next two matches. But the number one concern always is you don't want to, especially with the shoulder, you want to have a nice, long, comfortable life of playing golf. You don't want to push it with the shoulder. 100%. And so, with that being said, that's pretty much all that we have for the first round of the High Cotton Classic. Um, there's only a couple second-round matches that have been scheduled yet, so we'll wait to dive into that until next week. Next week going to be a special pod as we're previewing our trip down to Georgia for the Stankonia and excited to head down there. Hey, everybody. This is High Cotton Club captain Connor Hendrickson coming to you with a couple questions. Are you tired of counting up dots? Do you get annoyed typing in six-letter codes for every tournament or yelling across fairways to find out other group scores? Or maybe you're the guy at your club with binders and spreadsheets stacked up to track handicaps and scores for your group games. If you are, you need Unknown Golf. Unknown Golf is the scoring system that weekend warriors everywhere have been waiting for. Unknown gives every player a live leaderboard for their game and integrates a real handicap data into every tournament, weekend game, and individual round played. It'll even post to the USGA for you. Now, we've all seen live scoring apps before, but what sets Unknown apart is the ability to track every side better game that you can imagine simultaneously. Just hit the challenge button at any point during your round to add additional bets, presses, or challenge any other person using the app. All bets and scores are displayed on an easy-to-read dashboard, and data is tracked and easily searched to discover long-term trends and totals. For the individual, Unknown Golf tracks net, gross, and course-specific scoring averages among dozens of other data points. All of the High Cotton Club uses Unknown Golf, and you should too. Visit unknowngolf.com to create your player profile and download the app. Unknown Golf, the scoring app for the serious, casual golfer. Um, battle it out. Quick preview for that just while we're on the subject. Friday night, Friday, we're going to head down as a group, play a practice round. And then Friday night is kind of the big deal, I guess. We're going to be having a welcome party, stuff like that, live music. And I don't know how many holes we'll be playing, but we'll be playing night golf on a modified golf course for the NIT spot. So that's where, what we're going to be getting into down in Georgia. Um, before Saturday, we play 18 holes. The top 10, I believe, net low, go to a nine-hole playoff where a few guys get eliminated every few holes, and then the aggregate winner taking scores from the first 18, adding them to that nine, and we'll get an aggregate winner. Yeah, and I'll say this, and we'll, we won't have to say anything else about it. Just want you guys to realize how good a job Connor does because we are we were signed up for Stankonia and ready to go down there. And 
and vibe with all those guys, but we are a week out and just found out that the NIT spot is going to a glow ball, and I'm not quite sure if we know exactly how many holes we're playing or and we're like a week out. In fairness, the uh, part of the sign-up description on Unknown had that the NIT spot would be given away during that night golf portion, um, something that a lot of us just kind of glossed over. I know that there was kind of some pushback in the Discord for the Peachtree Collective, but, you know, Obviously, I have my concerns about hitting drivers without me already having an NIT spot, you know, solidified. But uh, there's going to be some guys down there battling. I think it should be it should be fun either way. And then, obviously, Saturday, I want to go out there. And either way, we're headed down there to, to kind of with the same mission that we did for the Roots Club Championship, for you know, um, that I had for the NIT. Be great ambassadors at the High Cotton Club and compete like dogs. Yeah, I'm – I'm not sure there's been enough testing on the new carbon-based tailor-made drivers against glow balls, so I'm probably not going to hit my. I'm just going to hit. I'm going to stick with the titanium base and stick it. Hit a three wood probably. I might go try to find like an old like 2000s smaller face like hard titanium face driver and something like that. Yeah, that that might be the move. Put something yeah. new in the bag for it. I pretty much hit my three wood about as far as my driver anyway, so I'm I'm just going to stick with it. We take a break from the podcast to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Golf RX and Mount Juliet. Whether you need custom clubs, club fitting, lessons, club repair, or even just restocking up on golf balls, they've got you covered. I was looking for a setup to better help me flight my wedges, and Golf RX hooked me up. Now I hit wedges that are so flighted, bags fly free. Located in Mount Juliet off 11972 Lebanon Road, stop in to see them or give them a call at 615. 615- 288-4539, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6, and make sure to tell them the High Cotton Club sent you. Now, without further ado, back to Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not, I'm not smashing my carbon face tailor-made on a, on a glow ball. I'm not... T- uh, glow ball is not touching my Frankenwood. I, <laughs> I respect that club too much. Um, so, diving into the showdown, um, which is our regional qualifier event for one spot i'm going to run down the guys who have qualified so far and you know there there will be a few more qualifiers coming in through the hunt um through the education and you know maybe maybe not through the extinction we'll see probably not because i need to order your gifts before then but i'm working on making that a possibility i'm trying to figure it out for you guys to give any guys one last opportunity to qualify for the showdown but quickly jay mims clay doty chuck vote myself I will be there, but I will not be competing for the regional spot. John Stewart, Justin Meese, Brian Turley, Walt Draper, Mace Muse, Devin Frederick, Vince Gallagher, Brandon Burris, Tanner Sandell, Sam Roten, Jay Roten, Dustin Ball, Patrick Patton, Jordan Gooch, Derek Bennett, Ryan Rogers, Chandler Flateau, Stephen Beers, a.k.a. Jacob Beers, a.k.a. Beers, a.k.a. the IT guy, Dylan Doris, a.k.a. Dilly D, Josh Appleton, uh, Davis Money, Brad Stuhlreier, Austin Gervais, Matt Britton, Josh Tyler, Josh Hollingsworth, Will Robinson, Webb Emerson, Jackson Mitchell, Rob Norton, Wes Stamey, Paul Caudle, Jordan Miller, Drew Floyd. So we have 38 players qualified. But remember, only paid members can actually qualify for the regional. So while we have 38 guys that could potentially show up and compete, only a few of those guys, you know, a smaller number than that, can actually take that regional spot. Yeah, and going back to the extinction my only thought would be, since you do have to order gifts prior to that, is that 
those guys that are signed up and paid for the extension, if that is their, was it fourth event, that, that you could probably yep. grant those guys credit are, for that. Those guys that the extension will be their fourth event, we're working to make sure that you guys are included, that you guys are included. Yeah, I'll just say that. You're not going to have to earn it if that's your fourth event. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could get your get your, uh, get your your spot by that being your fourth event. Yeah, that would work. Um, but any of those names stand out to you? Obviously, for me, it's you, it's D-Ball, it's Turley. It's, I think Appleton's going to make the Derby. Um, Dilly D, Beers. Brandon Burris. Yep. I mean, that's – those are some really, really tough guys to compete against. Mace, he'll be back. You, Tanner. You said earlier that um, there's probably no one who's played Legacy more than me. It's if Burris. There, if there is, Burris is probably it. Yeah, so um, – but, you know, we also have some guys like Beastu, Josh Hollingsworth, uh, Will Robinson, Webb. I mean, some guys who don't have the showdown experience but can come in and make huge noise. I mean, Davis Money, he could come in and he could do the daggum thing. Yep. And as someone who's played it a lot, all it takes is a hot putter out there because you're going to have, because the greens are big, you get putts from everywhere. And if you want to shoot a number out there, all it takes is a hot putter. So, again, format for that event 18 holes, net stroke play. Low eight, go to a gross derby at the Legacy Golf Course here in Springfield, Tennessee, until we have a winner for the year and a qualifier for the regional. Yeah, and that'll be – at that point, we'll know – will we know any of the regional spots by then? The classic champion? We may know the jackpot winner. Okay. But um, – we will be in the final four stages at the minimum for the Classic, and so that could kind of point us into who it's going to be based off who's a paid member, who's not. Yeah, so that'll be getting down to the nitty-gritty then. And, again, if you qualify for a spot, you can pay to be a member. Yeah. Like, you, it's not exclusive. Like, you can, you can still pay after you take the spot, but obviously – we want to, you know, reward all these guys who have gotten bought in with stuff like the jackpot bag. The member gifts are coming in. They're going to be awesome. Um, the bag tags that we did for this year, I won't say what color they are, but they're not yellow like last year's. But we're sticking with the cattle tag. Yeah, I like those. those that's uh, all the bag tags. I walk around like very, very bag tags when I go from golf course to golf course. But you do have to be a full member to be on the regional team. Uh, Believe, do you also have to be a roost member? You yeah, you have to be a nest member. Nest, nest member. Yep. So there there's a couple levels to it, but you know those are things that you're going to get more than your value back for paying into both of those things. But I understand that if you're you know just qualifying right and you haven't paid for any of it to pay for the membership for the High Cotton Club, right? It's a reduced fee because you wouldn't get any gifts, but still it's not nothing. To pay to be, join the nest is ninety dollars. It's not a whole lot, but it's still something, right? And then you got to actually pay to go to the regional. So I understand that it could be a lot, but um, you and I can both attest as guys who went last year, it is, and, you know, obviously bit the whole bullet, it is more than worth it. Yeah, it still goes down as probably one of the most 
fun weekends of golf I've ever had at the Nationals. So getting into our question and answer segment, um, Tyler Hill asked, how can he register for the extinction? Um, so the field is full, but I am sure that we will need some local alternates um, at the last minute. So go ahead and you know continue to sign up. There's links out there. We can send you direct links. I reached out to him directly, got him taken care of. But um, I want to make sure that I, I threw that out there to anybody who might be listening. Um, the field is full, but if you sign up, there's a fairly good chance, if you're local, that you could get in and get involved. Yeah, inevitably with something so far out that it's always going to – something's going to come up for somebody a lot of times. Will asks, and we alluded to this earlier, he asks what classic records there are because he needs something to shoot for. Well, it sounds like you already tied in your first match with eight and seven. He's starting to get a little chirpy now. A little chirpy. But, you know, he hasn't come close to Mr. 64, which is the gross and I believe also net low in the High Cotton Classic with you shooting a 64 at the Legacy. Yeah, and I guess that was the second – that was the second match ever because I think somebody played a match. I think you may have played the first match in the first classic edition. I can't remember if mine was the first or the second match, but it was one of the first two. It was one of the first, yeah. And No, because I was playing my match behind you that day, wasn't I? Yeah, and Appleton was yep. in the group with me playing yep. his match. Yeah, I think uh, Bailey Gill played the first match with Wes down at Something like that down at Greystone. I think the first match was, might have been at Greystone. But, yeah, you and I had the, our matches on the same day at the Legacy. Yeah, and I don't – I feel like uh, my handicap was a zero anyway. Yeah. I know I, I know I adjusted to a zero. Or had mm-hmm. to, but I think it was a zero when it started. Gave up a bunch I, of shots that day, but it did not matter. Makes me feel like I used to play a lot better golf. <laughs> 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 but you said to me just just a, uh, a couple days ago, you feel like you're playing some of the best golf that you played. So yeah, it may still, not be scoring as well, but you know maybe all the pieces are coming together. I still feel like the only way to break that record now will be a net. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Will did. You, you said that Will's getting a little chirpy. Um, he did want to clarify. Also, this is a direct quote. Also, in no way do I not think Connor is a dog. He definitely is, possibly even a killer, end quote. So, walking back his mental warfare uh, statements from the mother clucker, and I appreciate and respect that. Yeah, I like how you make him kiss the ring like that. <laughs> Just hold your finger out and make him kiss the ring. <laughs> hey, that was, that was a voluntary statement, uh, completely voluntary statement. But um, we, we love that, and, again, we love to see Will playing so well. He and Josh, both down in Alabama, I mean – wouldn't it be unreal if they ended up playing for the High Cotton Classic? I don't know what side of the bracket they're on off the top of my head, but either in the semifinals or in the finals because they are both playing great golf. Yeah, I mean, right now, if you had to pick the hot hands, it's them by far. It's yeah. Will and Josh. Uh, it's theirs. I think it's theirs to lose, but that doesn't – just because we think that and just because they're playing that golf right now doesn't mean they get a free pass all the way there. They're going to have to earn every step of the way. Absolutely. And talking about earning every step of the way, let's get into our life advice segment. Stu, lead us off while I make something up off the top of my head. Okay. So all success is, is a pile of all the mistakes you've made. You're standing on it rather than laying under it. Uh, It just offers a little perspective that the only real way that people have success is by 
making mistakes and learning from them and not letting the mistakes define you. I like that a whole lot. You gave me just enough time to come up with something too, so I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to, you know, something that a lot of people have said for many, many years, you reap what you sow. You know, I think that in any situation, if you put the energy into it that you want to receive out of it, whether you receive that energy or not, at least you did what you know you could do. Um, you know, so be the change that you want to see in the world. Try to be a good person. Goes back to, you know, our very first life advice. Try to treat people right, do the right thing, and hopefully everything will work out. I like that. We take a final break from today's episode to talk to you about the fine folks at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Patrick Patton continues to crush everything that he does with the High Cotton Club, and we could not be more thankful for all of his work to set us up for a strong year and help us kick things off for the extinction and the next season. And we kick things off for the High Cotton Classic at the Rudder, as we always do a couple weekends ago. It was a great time to have everybody gather around. Unfortunately, the Masters got delayed with the weather, but the vibes were still high at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina. So whether you're looking for good food, good drinks, or just a great place to hang out as this beautiful weather is coming into Middle Tennessee this spring, make sure that you check out the Rudder at Anchor High Marina at 126 River Road in Hendersonville, Tennessee. You can give them a call at 615-348-0129. They're open Tuesday through Thursday, 11 to 10, Friday through Saturday, 11 to 11, and Sunday, 11 to 10, with happy hour Tuesday through Friday, 2 to 6, excluding their events like we had with the High Cotton Kickoff. And they have live music all the time throughout the spring, so make sure you check out the schedule on their website, therudderahm.com. That's therudderahm, like anchorhighmarina.com. Make sure you check out The Rudder and tell them the High Cotton Club sent you. Now, without any further ado, back to today's episode. So, any closing thoughts as we approach the hunt at Toby Club? Matches are firing off in the High Cotton Classic, and we'll save, you know, the Stankonia for next week. But closing thoughts from Mr. John Stewart, a.k.a. Mr. 64. Nope, just looking forward to it. And, you know, I hope we go out and play some good golf and just vibe our faces off. Nope, I'm not letting you get out of here that easy. I want to hear predictions for who wins each group in the hunt tomorrow. I'm pulling it up so that you can see it. I want to know who is going to either win their showdown spot or keep somebody from getting a showdown spot in each group. And then I want to hear who you have coming out of each flight in the quota game. Okay, so the first tee time, Jordan Miller, Thomas Saltner, Walt Draper, Ben Johnson. Let's see, everybody's pretty tight there on the strokes. It's Jordan Miller for me. That's my guy. I mean, he. That's who I was I'm looking at. You know, I'm trying to make a case in my head for Walt. I, I feel like because, uh, but Jordan's just I a vibe Jordan, guy. Yeah, I think I would probably go with Jordan. Uh, Wolf's tough because some people, you know, although Jordan may be our favorite, we don't even know how often Jordan's played Wolf before. You know, it's it's a tough it's a tough. I, I'll go with Jordan though. On that uh, second tee time, Crowder, you, Paul MacArthur, Adam Dahl, and just for everyone's sake, so I don't put a chip on his shoulder, I'm just going to go ahead and say Connor. Um, no one wants to poke the bear there. I, I will not vote for myself, as I don't think I've won a Wolf game in the past five years. Um, I'll say that it's probably Crowder who wins tomorrow. He. Uh, Actually, got to play with him the other day at Bluegrass. I didn't get like he was in the group behind mm-hmm. me, but um, tough day at Bluegrass for some of those guys. 
Yeah. And we also put, so Kreider and Beast do play with Broton and Logan Doris. And just want to apologize to Kreider and Beast do. We're not all like Logan and uh, Sam. So I heard on the first tee, um, or very early on at least, maybe not the first tee. When I heard first tee, I thought that's awful close to the clubhouse. Um, so I'm not going to name any names who did it, but it wasn't Alex or Beastu. Pulled out a left-handed cigarette and a, a liter of peach crown yeah. and said, all right, pick your poison. Yeah, and the crown did not make it through the round. <laughs> we went out and played an initial uh, couple of, like, five or six holes after, and the crown was done after that. That's, that's special. What a great day. And then the third group, we got Dustin Ball, myself, Beers, Josh Hollingsworth. I'll be nice and I'll say Josh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna win. I'm not I'm not I'm not showing up to be second place. I gotta pick myself. All four of you guys have qualified for the showdown, yeah. so um, really it's a matter of just competing out there. In that first group, I think that there's a couple guys who haven't qualified yet, so that's gonna be more of a battle. Um, and then, you know, second group, there's going to be some battles, but you guys are just going to be battling for pride. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I could see I'll, beers after, you know, beers is a math guy, right? If he comes together and just picks the perfect strategy. He just called you a nerd, man. <laughs> <laughs> beers, Connor just in a nice way called you a nerd. He's a, he's a math guy. <laughs> <laughs> IT and math, right? But yeah, I actually haven't, haven't been playing that well. I know, um, D-Ball has had some concerns about his game recently so i would i would say realistically you know beers and josh are, i think it, it could come down to them too yeah uh, last group west damey uh sam hyatt beast dude two and andrew Bryden. uh i assume andrew Bryden is beast dude's yes because I don't, I don't know him I'm not familiar with Sam Hyatt. I don't believe I've played with him. I think this will be his first event. I think okay. he might have gotten involved in some jackpots so far, but okay. no actual events yet. And then our boy Wes. I've got the most experience with Beastie, though. He's Even though he's given up all those strokes, he could be smart with it and you know pick, pick somebody who's also stroking on the hole when he has the option. And then he'll probably be picked a ton throughout the day. Um, you know, as a partner. So I could see him, even though he's going to be giving up strokes, going out and doing the daggum thing. Yeah, so uh, and he survived around the other day. I don't think he played very well at Bluegrass. Can't imagine. Plus, I heard the mowers are down, so the rough is like Narnia. The rough is is so gnarly. It's as gnarly as I've ever seen it. You have a 50-50 chance of just finding your golf ball. Yeah, that's that's the the gripe that I've had with bluegrass in the past. So I hate that the mower's down because I'd like to see them chop that thing down to two and a half inches. But as we discussed, Beast Dude was forced to pick a poison, and so he still held it together and played pretty decent, I think. So there you I, go. I'll go with Beast Dude. All right, I like it. And then who's gonna win each flight? Pretty much just split it in half. Um, flights are on there somewhere, but so you got the low caps. Hmm. You got. I mean, still, I know. Quota game, so no strokes here in this quota game. It's just a matter of. Yeah, I'll probably. I would probably take Josh. Totally agree. Going with the hot hand, 
I feel like we're set for a Vince-like performance from him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he kind of fits the mold for that. And then in the high cap. All right, give me Walt. I like that. I'll take Walt. I like that. I like both of those. Um, so, with that being said, that wraps up episode 53 of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you at the hunt. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.